Books, The Final Frontier. These are the discussions of the podcast Sword and Laser, its continuing mission to explore strange new science fiction and fantasy novels, to seek out new characters and new beverages, to boldly read where no one has read before. Go to patreon.com slash swordandlaser to join the mission. everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. Oh, my friends, you are all the best. Uh, thank you for being with <laughs> us today. Happy hol- belated Halloween. Oh yeah, happy Halloween. We're recording on All Saints Day, uh, which oh. is the reason for Halloween. The reason for the mm. season, you might say. It can't be. I mean, Halloween mm, is Halloween. based in older traditions than ha- anything saints-related. Well, so let's take it step by step. Um, Halloween means All Hallows' Eve, Halloween, right? Mm-hmm. Which is mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Eve of All Hallows' Day, which is November 1st, which is All Saints' Day. Uh, and yes, while Halloween certainly shares a lot of traditions and aspects of older holidays— that's true of every single holiday that you can think yeah, of. Yeah. <laughs> Except maybe Arbor Day. I don't think Arbor Day mm, has like mm-hmm. a deep, deep backstory on it. Maybe not Labor yeah. Day either, but, Labor but yeah. Day. Well, but, Labor Day has a good backstory. Memorial but Day. But not a deep, like not that deep ancient Celtic tradition. Ancient, yeah. yes. But yeah, Christmas, Easter, All Saints Day. Most of the most of the church holidays were placed on existing holidays so that it was easier for people to make the transition. Oh no. The chat room is saying I sound spooky tonight. Do I sound normal to you? Yeah. You sound perfectly normal to me. So, okay. Maybe, maybe discord is, is doing something weird on the back end, but I, I just recording my mic input. So hopefully it'll be fine. Uh, but let's, let's, uh, if I sound extra spooky, great. We're, Mm. we're on theme. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, spooky <laughs> Belmont. I'm Veronica Boomont. I know it's November, I was... but I did have something orange today to eat. Oh, well, tell me, tell me more. In... What, what are you nomming? Oh, thank you. I'm glad you asked. Um, <laughs> pizza flavored macaroni and cheese. Come again? Pizza flavored macaroni and cheese. Tell me more. Uh, it's macaroni. It's cheese. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. it's like... Pizza spices and little bits of pepperoni. Is that something you concocted no, on your it's own? A Tuval- son? It's a Tavala meal I ordered. Oh, okay. Okay. Was it good? It was real good. Mm. <laughs> and the the problem with and the blessing of Tavala meals is they're small. So you really should be sponsored by them at this point. Well, I probably should, but I'm not. So I'm gonna tell you the downside. Um, Mm -hmm. the good side is they're small. So you can be like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm having a meal, but I'm not overeating. The bad side is they're small. So you eat it and you're like, I would like two of those. Thank you. I would like two of (laughs) them. Please give me more. (laughs) That's not enough. That was kind of my response to, uh, my nom of the week, which was, uh, we made some spooky cupcakes for Halloween and we made mini ones Yeah, and we had like 12 left over because like we didn't want Julian to go overboard on the cupcaking. Um, so I had like a glass lock full of mini cupcakes and after dinner we were like, let's have a couple cupcakes. And then we're like, well, let's just eat all the rest of the cupcakes. (laughs) They're so small. (laughs) 
they're so small. They're basically air. Um, yeah. So we ate six mini cupcakes a piece, which I think turns out to like two cupcakes. Probably. Each, that sounds right. Cupcakes, yeah. Which feels reasonable to me. That's reasonable. You're an adult. You can eat two cupcakes, even if they I are in like fact I have six not cupcakes. Been maximizing my adulthood recently. Oh, yeah. And, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you think mm-hmm. about when you're a kid and you're like, I'm never going to have to do homework again. Yep. yep. And I can eat ice cream and or Halloween themed cupcakes whenever, whenever I, I want. want. Yep. And I feel like you know, we don't, maybe I need to bow to my inner voice, my inner child voice more, probably less frequently. Let's be honest. Well, okay, that's no, the problem, right? When you're young, yeah. you're like, oh, I can't wait till I'm adult and I could do whatever I want. And then you get to be an adult and you're like, I can do whatever I want. And I also suffer the consequences. <laughs> like you right. actually learn right. about consequences. And the older you get, the more you feel the consequences. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, I can have ice cream for dinner. I'll regret it in the middle of the night when I have to get up or, <laughs> you know, the yeah. next day when I get on the scale or whatever. Right. So totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. It's the it is the the ultimate smack in the face of giving, having the freedom to do whatever and mm-hmm. also not truly having that freedom. Turns out anyway, the rules weren't arbitrary. <laughs> there was a reason. There for some sort of reason. Um, all right. Well, let us uh, dive right into our spooky quick burn. Quick burns. The Hugo Awards have been announced. Uh, thanks to John uh, for posting these. I know some other people were talking about them too. Uh, best novel went to Nettle and Bone by KT Kingfisher. Nice. Uh, best novella went Jordan to Laser Effect, baby. Totally. Uh, best novella <laughs> where it went to Where the Drown Girls Go by Shauna McGuire. Best novelette to The Space Time Painter by Hey Ya. Best short story was Rabbit Test by Samantha Mills. Uh, Adrian Tchaikovsky got best series for the Children of Time series. Uh, Sweet. And then lots of other of uh, the these these uh, more ancillary uh, categories like best graphic story or comic went to Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, best related work went to Terry Pratchett, A Life with Footnotes by Rob Wilkins. Aww. Uh, dramatic presentation long form went to Everything Everywhere All at Once, uh, the, the screenplay of that movie. Uh, the Expanse Babylon's Ashes got best dramatic presentation. Uh, lots of others in here, too. Uh, and of course, best fan cast. Uh, congratulations to Hugo Girl by Haley Zapal, Amy Sally, Laurie Anderson, and Kevin Anderson. Congratulations to all the winners. Amazing. Oh, oh, oh and best new writer, Travis Baldry. Sweet. So Very laser cool. Effect. Also, because there was so much sword and laser effect, Mark uh, updated or at least noted that the sword and laser wiki at sword and laser fandom.com up to date. So there's the page with all the Hugo winners we've read is now. <laughs> I love that we have that page. Thank you for doing that. That is very funny. It's a big it's page, very, too. I mean, some of them like page. Dune, we didn't read before they won the Hugo. <laughs> And these are just Hugo winners, by the way. Yeah. I mean, this is, we're not even taking into account other, other, other awards. Like nebulas or, or anything. No. Totally. Totally. I'm trying to see if there's like a year, maybe we didn't, 2020, 2019, 20, 2017 and 18, we did not have. Uh, we read The Three that, Body Problem in January, 2017. Oh, but no, 20, I'm saying between 2016 and 2019, we had a gap. 
Oh, right? we have not read any of the winners between 2017. Right. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So we've got some. some oh, right. We read Three Body Problem after it already won. So that's not. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Well, for yeah. the longest time, we weren't picking effect. current. We weren't picking current books at mm-hmm. all in the earliest days. In the earliest days, we were totally going for like the classics. Right. Um, and it's it's only in the past five to 10 years that we started to pick newer stuff more often, I think. True. True, true, true. Uh, very cool. All right. Well, and moving on, Jan says, um, oh, I'm sorry, I skipped way ahead. Um, Kevin, or Kev rather, said, just saw that Seattle won the bid to host Worldcon in 2025. Our Supreme Overlord should make an appearance. I am there. I am super there. I would love to go. Yeah, it's a short flight for both of us. Much shorter for you could be a drive, (laughs) but yeah. It is the last time I drove to Seattle, it took me like nine hours. And anyone out there who's like, how on earth did it take you nine hours to drive what mm. should be a three-hour drive, mm-hmm. three to four-hour drive? Well, I had a lot of errands. Oh, and, okay. Uh, I thought you were going to say you got car. hung up at the border or something. It was like an hour at the border that mm-hmm. time or 45 minutes, which isn't nothing. But yeah, mostly but charging yeah. the yeah. car mm-hmm. and picking up mail at the border. Ah, uh, um, gotcha. And doing things like that. Yeah. So it just took a, took a minute, mm-hmm. took a minute, but I could do it faster if I wanted to. Uh, sure. Terp, Kristen and Frazzled both wanted us to know that the Ignite Awards were announced. Uh, best adult novel went to the Blood Trials. Best young adult novel to Blood Marked. Uh, best in middle grade, Witchlings. Best novella, Into the Riverlands. And best novelette, If You Find Yourself Speaking to God, Address God with the Informal You. Nice. (laughs) Very cool. Uh, Now getting to Jan uh, from Locus Mag, uh, the 2023 Utopia Award winner for Best Utopian Novel is The World We Make by N.K. Jemisin. And from Locus Mag, the World Fantasy Award winners for works published in 2022 have been announced, and the winner for Best Novel is Saint Death's Daughter by C.S.E. Cooney. And the winners for the 2022 Sidewise Awards for Alternate History have been announced. And the winner for long-form content is The Peacekeeper by B.L. Blanchard, which is set in a North America that was never colonized. And also, another one from Locus Mag, Aberality by Rebecca Campbell is the winner of the second Ursula K. Le Guin Prize for Fiction. And Arborality tells a multi-generational and interconnected story of how a West Coast community survives the ravages of climate change. Wow. Good work, Jan. Collected all that. It's award season, isn't it? Apparently. I didn't realize that, but I guess we are coming up at the end of 2023. Every year ends. And every year ends with a lot of awards. It's interesting, though. Like, the big Hollywood awards, they don't cluster at the end of the year. They used to but they don't anymore. Remember the Oscars used to be like early January. Yeah. But wait. So where, when are they now? They're like in March. Oh, I, I pay so little attention to that. Yeah. And then the Grammys are, the Grammys got pushed off and the, or the Emmys got pushed off because of the strike and Grammys mm-hmm. are in the middle of the year. Like, yeah. So uh, oh. I, I like awards being at the end of the year. Like they are in books that feels right as the, as the leaves turn and the, you know, wind gets cooler. 
Mm-hmm. It's time. Okay. It's time to look back on the year. <laughs> That's your criteria. Yeah. All right. Got it. Nice. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Trike noted that Beacon Twenty Three is a TV show based on the Hugh Howey book Beacon Twenty Three. Uh, you may recall how we wrote the Wool Omnibus, which was adapted for Apple TV as Silo. Uh, Beacon Twenty Three is coming to MGM Plus which is an Amazon-owned channel that you can add to other platforms. So you can, of course, add it oh, to okay. Prime Video, but you can also add it to, I think you can add it to Hulu um, and mm-hmm. DirecTV and other other streaming Can you platforms. add it to Prime? Yes. Yes, you absolutely can. Okay. I, did I not okay. just say that? I, 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 I did. I thought you said Amazon, and I didn't hear Prime in there, but I could be totally wrong. Mm, I may have I may have forgot words. I'm getting older. That happens. But yes, you it's can. Fine. You can add it to Prime Video. <laughs> um, so if you want to watch Beacon 23, um, there's your options. More Yanisms. Uh, the Guardian has an article on how the, quote, British Library celebrates the surging popularity of fantasy fiction in their exhibition, Fantasy, Realms of Imagination, which runs at the British Library until 25 February. I'm wondering why he put British Library. Oh, no, it's quoting The Guardian. I see. Oh. When you said quote, I thought British Library was in quotes, like the quote British Library. <laughs> but that's not it. It was just quoting The Guardian. I get it now. It took me a second. I'm slow. Yeah. I like it. He, he wrote it exactly the way they wrote it in the article. Yeah, 25 yeah. February. 25 February. That's, that's Guardian style, I'm sure. Uh, anyway, yeah, if you're in London uh, or you know nearby and you can get over there, that sounds pretty cool. I'd love to see it. And that. it's not all British or British-based fantasy either. Right, the show good point. explores the long history of fantasy through manuscripts and early editions of landmark novels, as well as props, costumes, and clips from the popular TV shows and films that expanded the genre from Gandalf's staff to a snippet of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, Jan also pointing out that Tor.com let us know that comic book writer Van Jensen's debut novel, Godfall, which is out as we're recording the show. It's out November 1st. Brand new book. Uh, It's a story that centers around a small town where a three-mile-tall alien crash lands has been picked up by Ron Howard's production company for adaptation as a movie. Not even out yet. Boom. Picked up for adaptation. Very common now. Like I have been approached. I personally have been approached by production companies to say, if you read a good arc, let us know. Uh huh. Like that's like that's like the level they're getting at now. Where yeah. they're like, if you hear of something good, tell us so we can jump on it and get the rights before anyone else does. And I know for so a this fact, is not surprising that publishers are taking meetings with producers ahead of publication of books to pitch books to say oh for sure hey, yeah wouldn't you like to turn pilot x into a movie akiva goldsman and akiva goes too costly i mean just as a hypothetical that really happened i don't know sounds like the kind of thing that could have happened <laughs> that does kind of sound like the kind of thing that would happen yeah and and he'd um, be right because those aliens of pilot x are really weird Speaking of aliens, mm-hmm. I saw a very sweet movie called Jewels um, that I think all of you sci-fi folks may enjoy. It's uh, stars Sir uh, Ben Kingsley and um, lots of other like fabulous actors. I think uh, what's her name? Um, no, it's not Jane Lynch. Um, oh, it's going to drive me crazy. Someone in chat room is going to know. Um, and it's it's very cute. It's about a, a, a an older gentleman who um, 
has a, it's not a spoiler to say an alien crash lands in his backyard and the kind of hijinks that ensue from that. And it's very sweet. What's it called? And it's called Jules, J-U-L-E-S. Oh, like the the name Jules. Got yeah. It. Yeah. It's really, it's really cute. Uh, I looked it up. Jane Curtin. Jane Curtin. Thank you. Jane Curtin. She's great. Everyone's great in it. So I, I highly recommend, highly recommend that one. I watched that with my mom this week. Uh, Jason Reeds and Count Zero Or said, there is some good news for you, Veronica. I don't know why this Ooh. is only good news for you, but apparently it is, at least according to Jason Reeds. <laughs> Fourth Wing and the rest of the Empyrean series has been optioned for, oh, yeah. uh, by Amazon. Optioned. But that's always Uh the first step. Uh, And Michael B. Jordan's Outlier Society for development into a prime TV series by MGM. Uh, MGM is owned by Amazon, so that doesn't mean it'll show up on MGM+. Plus. It just means Mm MGM is going to make it. Uh, Rebecca Yaros, the author of the book, will serve as an executive producer. And the follow-up, the second book in the series, the Empyrean series, Iron Flame, is going to be released November 7th, Jan points out. I don't want to, I don't want to throw her under the bus. Um, two people I don't want to throw under the bus. One, I'm going to actually not throw under the bus. Um, saw a pretty funny TikTok today about Rebecca Yaros and how she wrote all of these names in fourth wing as being Gallic mm. and turns out like she's, and the way she pronounces them is totally incorrect. <laughs> um, so I just thought that was kind of interesting because there was an interview quote of her like saying, I pronounce it this way. It's the it's the Gallic way of pronouncing it. Oh, and actual Gallic speaking folks are like, that is not at all That's how not you how would we say talk. That. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not so much. Yeah. I was gonna I was gonna go like, well, it's a it's a fantasy world. It could be a Gallic sounding name and be pronounced however you want. But if she actually is like, no, I pronounce it this way because that's the Gallic way, that kind of backs her into a corner, doesn't it? A little bit, a little yeah. bit. Um, and then the other person I'm throwing under the bus is uh, one of my coworkers who uh, asked me if she could take November 7th off. Uh-huh. To, to, to read the book. It's to, to read to the book. literally she told me to, read to read Iron Flame. So this was not she's just... got to read the yeah, whole book that day. Like, I, I, I accepted it. I, I, I approved I'd her approve PTO. That. Uh, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You never yeah. reported to me, did you? No. Yeah. So I never could, but I would have, I'm just saying I would have, have. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. I was like, absolutely girl. Take that day off. Take the next day off. I don't care. I'm a millennial boss. You can take whatever days off you want. Do it for your self-care. Do it for your mental health. I'm a cool boss. (laughs) Cool boss. Veronica Belmont. Cool boss. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, by the way, speaking of pew, 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 uh, New na- new neighbor moved in across the street, went over to say hi, was wearing Star Wars pew, pew, pew shirt. I was like, ah, welcome to the neighborhood. You're like, my people, <laughs> my people. So many people. Anyway, so many people. Um, yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm going to read that book. Oh, it's only a few days from now. I should save my, I have one audible credit. I should save it for that, but I get it. Do I get a new, (sighs) when does my new, I have a long flight coming up, but I could get it for the way back. It won't be out in time for the flight. I'm going to wait. I'm going to hold it. I'm going to catch up on podcasts. I was going to start a court of, a court of thorns and when's murder bot coming out. Oh, we have that coming up. (laughs) Stay tuned. We'll tell you. (laughs) Stay tuned for more. 
Um, Jan also says, <laughs> our fantasy has upvoted. <laughs> he said it, it didn't say upvoted. It said has voted their annual list, but I saw Reddit. And I uh-huh. Yeah. And you just translated to Reddit. <laughs> our voted. Oh, God. Our fantasy has voted on their annual list of best self-published fantasy. 232 people have footed. Not, I'm not sure what that I means. I think that's an autocorrect footed. mistake. Autocorrect and their top five are <laughs> The Sword of Kagan, or Kaigen, The Bound and the Broken series, Cradle, The Dark Prophet Saga, and Tainted Dominion series. Mm-hmm. I don't know of any of those. It's not a lot about any of in those. the world of Reddit. It's not a lot of people, but it's enough that those, you know, those are probably worth checking out. Yeah. Uh, yeah and then as I just, stuff. as I just teased, uh, Mark wrote Murderbot returns. Uh, you can read the first chapter of system collapse by Martha Wells. And the second, uh, has also been put up. Mark noted later. Uh, and the book is out November 14th, which sadly is not mm. in time for my long plane trip. Is this are you going to Denmark? Belgium. Are you going to Belgium. Belgium. To Brussels, Belgium. the capital Brussels. of the European Union. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. I'll be in the heart of feudalism. No, I don't. Yes. I don't. Well, it's not. I mean, they're all democracies, but. You took that to a weird place. Yeah. Yeah. But well, I'm like, I'm what sure is Europe known for? <laughs> all right. Thanks to everyone who submitted stories. You can do so over on our Discord or on Goodreads. Look for the uh, Quick Burns conversations there. All right, now it is time for Bear Your Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Terp Kristen writes, I never asked to keep my tonsils when they took them out, (laughs) but I have kept the screw they took out of my ankle. Only one of five taken out so far, and two sets of posterior spinal hardware. Turns out human hardware is more expensive than space hardware. And oh. Kristen, working in, Terp Kristen, working in the space industry, would know. Mm-hmm. Would know. Would know a thing or two about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, two sets of posterior spinal hardware. Damn, girl. I never had my tonsils out. <clears throat> but I would want to keep them. There was a lot of there was a lot of confusion in my youth over whether I had my tonsils or my adenoids removed. Oh. I was raised my entire life thinking I had my adenoids removed. And then I went to the doctor when I was like 35 and they were like, "Nope. I see them. You had your tonsils taken out." I was oh. like, "That's confusing." And they're like, "You have no tonsils." And I was like, "Oh, well that that Seems hmm. legit. I mean, if you can't see them, <laughs> I believe you. Yeah. I don't know what else Unless to say. you're hiding them somewhere, lady. You don't got tonsils. Yeah. yeah. So, cool story, Belmont. I hope I All never right, lose um, any other parts of my body. What parts of my body? Yeah. I would like my hand to work. I still can't straighten my finger. Oh, yeah. But you've, it, you've got all your guide wires out. Yeah, that's as far as I can stretch my pinky. Really? Is that going to get yeah. better, though? You just have to keep working it at it? It should. Okay. And that's as as closed as I can make my hand. Mm, that's Unlike better that. than the other way. No one can see what Veronica's doing, but no, trust us, it I'm, doesn't look right. It's wonky. Let's <laughs> yeah. just say it's wonky. It's pretty funny looking. How's the middle um, finger yeah, work? Middle, Darryl, finger, Darryl wants middle to finger's know. pretty good. Oh, yeah, middle it does. Like, is yeah. at 95% of normalcy. Why does that bother me when you do that? I know you're just demonstrating, but there's a visceral reaction where I'm like, oh, yeah, really? <laughs> you want to go? 
You want to go? You want to take this outside the Zoom? (laughs) Oh, my God. Sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, John Nevitt says, um, like Kristen, I had a bad ankle injury, and without prompting, they gave me the hardware that was used. Uh, This was actually fairly extensive, and some of it a bit exotic. Uh, Part of it was a couple of long rods and a bunch of hardware used as an external fixator between the back of my foot up to the top of my tibia. Another part was a chunk of titanium plate that was meant to be used as an internal fixator. I like the word fixator. Um, That was a Veronica Ed note. Um, At some point, I think I may try to make something with the titanium, but not sure what yet. But I don't think I've kept any of the body parts that I grew that have been removed, nor do I think I ever will. That just seems a bit weirder for some reason. I kept my placenta. Yes. No, you mentioned that. And I, oh, I, I have all my uh, all my wisdom teeth. Uh, in right, fact, that's right. You told me because it was Julian's placenta, not mine. We, the note that's right. That you made with that. <laughs> there was some question as to who owned the, the ownership. Yeah. yeah. Uh, new listeners to Sword and Laser, you are still listening to Sword and Laser, <laughs> not a medical podcast. Uh, we've had an ongoing conversation about, and I don't know how it started. Uh, the idea of keeping parts of you that are removed. Yeah. Whether they're organic parts or or added on parts. Did I tell you that? You said that that what? Did I tell you that part? What? That I buried my placenta under a large redwood tree in the forest. I don't remember if you told me that. Yeah. Were you hoping it would grow a baby? It's just kind of like. Have you checked? Felt right. See if it it felt right. It's far away. It's very far away. It's in the Tahoe desolation wilderness. Ooh, you might you might want to send someone out to make sure it didn't grow a baby. That's true. I may have a, I may have another child out there, a woodland creature of <laughs> some sort. Just roaming about, howling at the yeah. moon. Uh, this person whose name I forgot to add, I think maybe put this in Discord. Anyway, I wear a Florida Panthers or Chicago Cubs hat when hiding at the grocery store. I don't know who I would put on my hat because there was a talk about putting author names on your hat. Have you seen this? People putting oh, author no, names I on the hat? Oh, no, I haven't seen this conversation. No. Yeah, so this is a New York Times story about the idea of putting author's names on your hat becoming a trend. So instead of having the, the book tote that shows you're a reader, you have the cap that shows you're a reader and you put your favorite author on there. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, uh, back to our anonymous writer. I wear a Florida Panthers or Cubs hat when hiding at the grocery store and I don't know who I would put on my hat. As a 55-year-old Gen Xer, part of me wants to put Dick. Get it? <laughs> uh, maybe Becky Chambers, maybe Martha Wells. Though again, I think last names work better here. What a first world problem still, as long as it can be blue. Happy Monday, gifted article and then the new york times link well well well, okay so the names are so long though wouldn't you want like a logo okay this is totally a bad idea for an audio podcast but i did buy a book hat look can i run it yeah i'm gonna gonna run it here and then we'll we'll put it oh he's really leaving he just took off all right i i feel like you would need a logo more than a last name because how would it be? All right, so I'll, okay. Daryl says we need some Foley. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so I, I just got it this weekend. Did you know that your feet are cloven? My feet are cloven? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Show I, me the hat. Okay, here's the hat. 
book. It says book. It's a hat. <laughs> it's a, book it's a hat. black hat. It's a black hat with white lettering and it just says book. Yeah, it's, my it's very modern. It looks like it could be like a like a very it's a very modern sans serif font, all mm-hmm. caps. I like it. It's my book hat. Yeah. It's a hundred percent. Where did you get cotton. that from? Uh the store in Orange County, funnily enough. We went oh, down yeah? to get Italian beef sandwiches from Portillo's and stopped by the mall. Who are you, Greg? <laughs> Who's Greg? <laughs> <laughs> Craig from the OC. <laughs> Why Greg? <laughs> uh oh. You know Game Over Greggy? No, I don't. I don't know Game Greg Over Greggy. Greg from who used to do the PlayStation show and now he does oh, kind of funny videos. Oh gosh, yeah, okay, right. He loves Portillo's and oh. he used to have a dog named Portillo. <laughs> no kidding. Wow. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Was yeah. Like I did not make that connection. Who are you, Craig? <laughs> Who are you, Craig? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, bye. Yes. So. All right. I'm anyway, back. That's my book hat. I'm very excited. I like it. Thank you. But I was saying like, I feel like, like, so I'm, I'm a huge fan of my Octavia Butler metal shirt oh yeah that's like a good octavia one. Mm-hmm. e butler and like written in metal metal typeface um but i feel like for a hat you need it it needs to be very simple and so i like that design like that that look that you have right now is quite good mm-hmm. in fact i'm going to take a screenshot to put in the blog post so smile oh hold on no just smile just smile i can't hear you oh light he put the light on okay all right at that picture there. Um, so what was I talking about? Yeah, but I feel like for longer names, you would need it to be a very either a very simple design or some kind of yeah. logo graphic. But if you look at that New York Times article, um, the all of them are just the word, just the words, just the name. There's some various typefaces and fun stuff going on, but nothing else. Just just a the other name. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, it's not bad. Not bad. Okay, I, I'll I'll I check that out. Baseball yeah, caps are very in right now. Oh, are they? I, yeah, I have many. Good, but like simple, very minimal. Yeah, yeah. A lot of mine yeah. are very minimal. Not all of them. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Well, we have um moving on. Uh, thank you for all the submissions this week, everyone. Fun stuff. Um, but we should talk about some of our book picks. So you selected a lovely novella for us. Indeed. So not spoilery. Talk about it. Indeed. We will not spoil it. Uh, although we may end up talking longer than the book. It's very short. It's a novella. I actually don't know if it, it's a novella. Maybe a little longer than novella length. It may be an actual book. Uh, but I know the audiobook's only like four hours. So it's this like is four hours, gonna yeah. be a quick read. I've already finished it. Um, Me too. Because I really enjoyed it. It's called The Mimicking of Known Successes uh, by Malka Older. Um, Since we had a solid heritage book from the 90s for my last laser pick, Maureen McHugh, uh, I wanted to pick something a little more more current, a little more buzzy. uh, And someone Mm -hmm. suggested this uh, somewhere. I think it was in the Discord. Uh, Tor describes it as a cozy Holmesian murder mystery and sapphic romance set on Jupiter. That pretty much sums it up, uh, but undersells it. So if you're like, oh, 
it is so atmospheric. The world building of the Jupiter part just kind of slowly creeps in from the sides and is so cool where you're like, wait, did she just say that? Is that what's going on? Oh, that's how they get around. That's why they live on Jupiter. Like that stuff is just elegantly trickled in the background of a murder mystery. And the murder mystery is very Holmesian, Agatha Christie, murder on the Orient Express. There's a lot of trains <laughs> because a lot of trains. Yeah, they're living on a on an orbitable or, orbital platform around Jupiter. So so there's a ring. Yeah, so let's explain. Yeah. So yeah, Jive Turkey, <laughs> which is Jive Turkey in the chat, um says on Jupiter. Yes, which yes. Well not technically. It might get spoilery to fully answer that, but no, not like on the surface of Jupiter, no. Yeah, they live on platforms, so they call them platforms. Yeah. And yes, the the train rides take a very, very, very long time. Yes. And from one place to another. The gases of Jupiter play a part in the weather mm, mm-hmm. on this orbital mm-hmm. platform, but not in a way that violates laws of physics or makes you stretch your belief. It's it's actually really cool the way that part is described. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought, it, I, I mean, we're not doing the wrap up for this book right now, so I don't want to get too into it. Um, but it was, it was great. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and so, yeah, if you like a retro, retro noir vibe with really amazing world building on Jupiter, <laughs> this is your book. Uh, Malka Older, also fascinating, has a master's degree in international relations and economics from John Hopkins, uh, doctoral degree from the Institut d'études politiques in Paris, uh, was named the 2015 Senior Fellow for Technology and Risk at the Carnegie Council for Ethics and International Affairs. Uh, this is a person who has done field work directing offices and efforts in Darfur, Indonesia, Sri Lanka, Uganda, D- uh, Japan, and Mali. Uh, she's a faculty associate at Arizona State University. Uh, and if you're wondering, well, how'd you do writing? She did get her undergraduate degree in literature at Harvard <laughs> and has written several mm. novels. Sweet. Um, yeah. Fun, fast read and listen. I, I also really enjoyed the audiobook. So if that's more your speed, check that out. Um, and definitely gave me Holmesian vibes for sure. Yeah. For sure. Made me want to learn more about the characters. It's almost steampunk without doing anything to meet the definition of steampunk, right? Like, because I think in some ways it feels old timey. Yeah, exactly. In a lot of ways, but there's never something where you're like, "Oh, that's that's a steampunk divide." No, it's not like that. No. There's not like bellows or blimps or anything. Okay, let's be honest. It's only trains. It's pretty it's much trains. just trains. It's pretty much the trains. <laughs> yeah, and the trains aren't described as particularly old timey. They're not steam powered trains or anything. What was the name of the zoo? It was, or what was the name of the animal place? It was the zoo, mu- a muse, no. Musarium? It had, it was like a pun. Yeah. And now I, and now I'm ruining it because I can't remember it. And they said it but so many times. They said it so many times. <laughs> Please, someone in the chat room have read this already. It's like, it's not museum. Mausoleum. Mausoleum. Thank you, Thank you, Thank you so much. Yeah, mausoleum. Because they're preserving extinct species right and i i thought and on the audiobook like you wouldn't if they just said mausoleum you wouldn't get the pun but the way the narrator the narrator says it does a like, good job mausoleum, mausoleum. <laughs> like, oh, 
I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. That's funny. All right. Should we do a wrap up of Library of Mount Char? I mean, this is our chance to be spoilery. We have not yet been spoilery on the Library of Mount Char. Um, yeah. But I feel like we we had in-depth discussions without being particularly spoilery. So And I'm I'm kind of like 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 people don't really talk about it a lot in the forums. Yeah, I know. And so that sometimes that makes me feel like they don't want to talk about it, but um yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll just do a little bit um with the ending. So we'll this will be spoilery for Library of Mount Char. Um Yeah, Caroline playing the long con. But her father playing the even longer con. Well, Turns yeah, out. it's uh five dimensional chess. Like, it's, yeah, it's, for sure. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of wild how, how they did that. I, I didn't see it coming, but I knew something, if you know what, which is, this is a good thing. I knew something was coming, but I couldn't tell what, right. I knew, mm-hmm. I knew like, okay, she's not just going to turn evil and become father. That's too obvious. Um, but, and I'm like, and father doesn't seem like someone who can be totally dead. So I bet he plays a part, but I just, I didn't have it figured out. How about you? No, I did not have it figured out. I definitely didn't see that he had planned for her to be his successor all along. Right. That seemed too generous, but then the way they played it out, it was clearly like just a necessity, not a generosity, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. Like she was the only one and that she had over and over and over proved herself to be the only one who could be strong enough. And also kind of a punishment to have to be that, right? Mm -hmm. Like proved herself, but not in a way that was like, and therefore you win the prize of being my successor. (laughs) Like you proved you were the only one who could do this. So you have to, sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And also you've endured unimaginable pain. Yeah. Over and over in your lifetimes. Yeah. Yeah. You don't remember, but you did. David was his actual kid. Oh, I Man. know, right? There were so many good little too. pieces of this where you're like, oh, this is not predictable because it was predictable that David was like a kid or could have been his kid or that she was a kid, but not that he was his actual kid and then he turned against him. That's right. Yeah. Good. Well, good just like building. the level of abuse that he put on him too and the monster that he made him into. You know what I think she's really good or what he, what Scott Hawkins is really good at doing is writing characters that are amoral like father mm-hmm. is not father is portrayed as evil slightly evil but he's not he's amoral neutral he, he is not yeah. even neutral uh, chaotic like, neutral he's just there is no good or bad father is mm-hmm. just purely like this is what should happen <laughs> i'm a god yeah. and so and i rebelled against gods and got myself into this situation so now there's a limited number of things i can do and this is what i'm going to do doesn't matter whether you think it's good bad or otherwise that's just the way it is it's like i try to think of time travel stories as being outside of time like what is time mm-hmm. if you're not in time which is almost impossible for humans to conceive and i feel like Scott Hawkins did a similar thing of like, what is a God like if the God is outside of morality It's outside of cause and effect? Um, I thought that was pretty interesting. Interesting comments. So Mac Lurker in the chat says you could argue that amoral equals evil. Well, I mean, you could, but then you've changed the definition of amoral to be evil. 
Mm-hmm. The like definition of amoral, amoral is neither evil, evil nor nor good. So if you say amoral is evil, well, then it's just evil, and you need a new definition of amoral. So and evil to who? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then Sarah says, "I didn't view it as turning against David. It just wasn't possible for him to be the successor." I agree. I don't think he turned against David. That's true. No, that's a good point. I yeah. think he was more just like kind of disappointed in David that he wasn't the successor he probably wanted him to be because he kept putting him through these trials over and over again and kept failing. Yeah. But he also put her through the trials over and over. So I feel like he was only mildly disappointed, like, ah, would have been nice, but oh, well, kind of, you know, versus like torn up about it. I think the, the final, that kind of final scene where they're all just kids at the cookout and like, father is like, you know, grilling these burgers or whatever he's famous for in the neighborhood and Mm -hmm. families are all gathered around and this thing happens. And Steve being like the, the cornerstone of Carolyn's world yeah, and being like her best friend and this like person she looked up to and loved. And even up, up until those last minutes, like protecting her and, and pushing her forward and yeah. You know, I don't know if Steve's ending was happy. No. to be, <laughs> so to speak. I mean, no, I would better not call than, that I guess, a, killing himself ever over after. and over. Yeah, yeah. Um, but hopefully, I mean, that other god that turned into the sun was mm-hmm. able to be personified later and come down and communicate with father, etc., etc. Cetera, et cetera. I guess all I'd so say maybe is he can too. I don't know if Steve would have chosen that. I don't know if Steve yeah. is like, oh, cool, I get to be the son and I can still be personified. But yeah, better than nothing, right? Better better than nothing. And then with um, Erwin, like he kind of becomes her like lackey on earth Yeah. at the end. Um, there was a He's pumpkin stew. Perfectly the, uh, suited for that. I almost feel like he yeah. got the best deal out of all of them because that's like well, it's like a dream job for him. It is. It is. It is. Um, but like pumpkin stew in the forums on Goodreads was saying like Irwin he thought would be more of an antagonist for Carolyn mm-hmm. given he has a similar though not as extreme tempered through violent adver- adversity backstory. Um, so yeah, I I don't know. I thought maybe they'd clash a little bit more, but I guess in the end. He gets to live his best life. I think. I think what we learned in the end is that as competent and as incredible as Erwin was, nothing compared to Carolyn. Like Carolyn just had gone through training and experience that Erwin could only dream of, and so there's just no way. Op. Yeah. 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 (laughs) She very much was op. You're right. Um, Overpowered and. Yeah, but he also felt that way sometimes as well, you know, and in but dealing with normal humans, like as well, that's what I mean. Yeah, with Carolyn, you're like overpowered. With Irwin, you're like overpowered for a human, (laughs) right? Yeah, right. Um, yeah. So I thought I thought it was it was I I enjoyed how the mystery unfolded. I felt like I was constantly discovering something new in this wacky world of theirs. Yeah. Um, always a lot of surprises. So. And talk about character growth, man. If you like character, if character's your doorway, whoo, this is a feast. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Steve actually had the best character growth. Steve had incredible character growth. I think you're right. He, he cause he goes, he grows in multiple directions. He just kind of accepts whatever's thrown at him and adapts. Uh-huh. 
well, you know, and, he, like and they, really, he we, gets angry about it sometimes, but he's like, well, shoot, now we, I have to deal. Okay. Lions. Sure. We also didn't know how much character growth he had already gone through when we first met him. Mm-hmm. And then we find that out in the backstory. So you've got, you've got character growth radiating out of both ends of his butt. Well, I guess you do kind of learn a little bit though, because you're introduced to him and he's like, this this lady wants me to do this thing. This thing is illegal. I I don't want to be that person anymore. Yes, true, true. I've moved past this, but oh, it's pretty compelling. This would be so easy for mm-hmm. me to do. And then from there, it's just like. But even Steve doesn't know what he overcame to even get to the point where he was bad. Right, right. Like that. Right. I think that's what yeah. impressed me. Is like, oh, okay, so he had character growth before we met him, and then we find out later, like, oh no, he had way more than we even suspected or he even right. knew yeah yeah somewhat you know i think things were hard for him growing up but yeah that was that was a pretty crazy backstory um, the other thing i think i mentioned when we were talking non-spoilery um i found myself still wanting to root for carolyn long after rationally i should have been like no <laughs> she is not <laughs> yeah do not root you for are her. not well yeah yeah yeah, they they did a great job of making you care about Carolyn. So you're like, yeah, but but maybe, but she could be, and what if she? And it's like, no, no, she's she's yeah. not she's not doing good things. Like, yeah, no, face facts. <laughs> Carolyn turned. Yeah, but it is. I I do just keep going back to the thought of like, wow, like she was playing fourth dimensional chess, and then like you said, father was playing fifth dimensional yeah, chess yeah, yeah. the whole time. Yeah. Well, the the um, our friend Brian Brushwood always says uh, the trick of magic is to convince someone two plus two is three and then reveal it's four. Um, and I feel like that's what Hawkins did here a little bit was convince us that Carolyn was the you know the mastermind and then reveal it was father. All along. All along. As well, it should be. Hmm. I suppose. <laughs> if in this you're case. into patriarchy. <laughs> I'm not, but I'm not, I'm not, but when you remember how powerful he was yeah, and yeah. the only reason well, she got a chance to do this is because he disappeared. Is he even know? gendered really? I mean, I know he's gendered in that he's father and fathered David and everything, but I don't think he's human. So I don't think his, I don't think he follows the normal. Yeah, is it the patriarchy? Lines. Yeah. Good. Good point. Yeah. Good point. What do you folks out there think? Um, Oh, one inning left in the baseballs for this year. Yeah, one out, top of the ninth. Rangers one up. One out, top of the ninth. Rangers are up. Yeah, and and. Wait, so who's at bat? Rangers are batting. Rangers are top batting. of the ninth. Yeah, and it's the top of the okay, top of the ninth. So there's still a chance for the D-backs the D-back the yeah the D-backs the bat in the bottom of the off. ninth. Yeah, I mean you all already right. know because you're listening to this later and you follow baseball so closely. <laughs> so closely. Um, all right. Well, that's, that's an episode. Thanks for, thanks for listening everybody. Did you have any other final thoughts on library at Mount Char? Not really. No, I, I, I enjoyed it. I th- thought it was a, a, a very interesting, I, I hesitate to say fun, but it was a very interesting <laughs> read. It was very compelling. Yeah. I liked it and I was riveted by it. Riveted. Good um, word. Yeah. Very riveted mm-hmm. for sure. For sure. And I am riveted by you, our patrons. 
Thank you so much to all the folks who help back our show. If you want to help support us, you can head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. Yes, you are our shields. Thank you so much. You can also support the show by buying books through our links. Find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. As always, you can email us feedback at swordandlaser.com. We are on Instagram, X, and Mastodon at Sword and Laser. And all of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash sword and laser or on our Discord. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Adios. Audio program so good, it's like you're there!